Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Rest of the Sermon, Confessions of a Pastor. I will admit up front today is going to be a little bit of a shorter episode for two reasons. One of the biggest reasons being I'm tired. I'm tired. Uh, Ministry is hard, uh, especially during a pandemic. And not knowing how to minister, uh, trying to figure it out, trying to go through the motions and create new paths can be difficult. Uh, The other reason this is going to be a little bit shorter of an episode is um, because we're talking about the question of Caesar. And put bluntly, we're talking about uh, whether you pledge your allegiance to a nation, a president, a country, uh, or whether you pledge your allegiance to God and which one holds more power. And there's not a lot to say about this, short of, I hope that you choose the latter. So I I want to uh, instead focus on this first week of Advent, this idea, this message of hope. Even in the midst of being tired, it has been increasingly important uh, to see and to emphasize hope, where hope can be found. And I think we have reached a point in not only in this series of reclaiming Jesus, but also uh, in the life of our country, I hope where uh, hope I hope where um, hope is the thing that we are clinging to. We don't all have to agree on what we are hoping for, but just the fact that we can come come uh, come around this common idea of hope for a better tomorrow, hope for a better future, hope for a day when divisiveness no longer reign supreme. Hope for a day where we can return to ideals that lead to peace, that lead to happiness, that lead to the celebration of each of us as individuals and not the grouping and and clanning of us together as tribes. So this Christmas season, this Advent season, I hope that you are clinging to hope. I hope that you are hopeful for what tomorrow might bring. I hope that you have put your hope in your allegiance to God and not your allegiance to humankind. For if you have put your hope in allegiance to humankind, you will be sorely disappointed time and time and time again. Because none of us are perfect. None of us hit the mark. In fact, we all fall short myself included. Some of that comes into my fatigue. Falling short over and over and over can be tiring. Trying to climb the hill and not fall short while continuing to fall short can be tiring. I sense that I'm probably not the only one who has reached the point of fatigue. I sense that I'm probably not the only one who has reached the point of fatigue when it comes to fighting with others. And maybe not, you know, directly fighting with others, but that mental gymnastics that we play, the mental sparring that we do when we are bombarded constantly with ideas and thoughts that are contrary to what we think or believe. And especially when we are bombarded in ways that do not allow for the engagement, the opportunity for conversation, to talk through things, to have you know real human interaction, to, to be able to see things as more than just something on paper, but instead that it represents the thought of another person, another human being, another 
person created in the image of God, another neighbor, if I might say. And so in the midst of the fatigue, in the midst of the fatigue of of fighting a pandemic that seems to not waver, but instead seems to grow stronger, in the midst of fighting against those who say science is dumb or can't be trusted, in the midst of fighting against people who believe conspiracy theories that things have been rigged, in some way, shape, or form, yet somehow the people who rigged them weren't good enough to get all the results that they really wanted. We have to take a step back. We have to lean into the possibility, the option of hope. And the only way that I can find hope in times when divisiveness seems to reign supreme, in times when good-meaning people seem to attack. The only way that I can rely on hope or I can find hope or I can carve out hope is to rely or to realize that my allegiance lies with God. And it's not the simplistic answer that, well, God's in control, God's in charge, so just don't worry about anything. I'm not trying to suggest that. I don't think that that's even exactly what Jesus meant when he said, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. It wasn't this simplistic way of saying, listen, don't worry about the stuff here. You give give away all your possessions here because you belong to God ultimately. And, and that's one way of looking at it, yes. But that also implies then that you don't have to engage in injustice. You don't have to fight for things that are right. And, and obviously Jesus's life teaches us that that's not what he was saying at all. But instead, it is important to engage. Instead, it is important to fight for what's right. Instead, it is important to stand up for those who do not have a voice, to give a voice to the voiceless, to to proclaim the good news for what it was and what it is and what it always will be, which is a message of hope, a message of hope for the oppressed, a message of hope for the left behind. A message of hope for the outcast. A message of hope for the downtrodden. The reality is, my assumption is, the majority of the people that are listening to this podcast do not fit in any of those communities. But instead, we are tasked with being the agents of hope that spread the good news. We are tasked with being the agents of hope who tell others, you are valid, you are worthy, you have worth in the eyes of God and in the eyes of me. So as we go about this Advent season, preparing ourselves, preparing our hearts for the birth of a Savior, the birth of a Messiah, let's not forget who the Messiah came for. Let's not assume that the Messiah only came for people like me. But instead, let's dare to think that the Messiah came for everyone. And if that's the case, then I've got a lot of work to do. I've lived a life of privilege. I've lived a life of blessing. I lived a life, I've lived a life that has allowed me to benefit from that message of hope. And I know that there are many who haven't been so lucky. And there's no surprise to me that some folks look to the church and say they don't get it. And there's no doubt in my mind that if 
Isaiah were walking around, a prophet were walking around in today's time, he would have some pretty harsh words for the church. Because it seems like we take this message of hope and we hoard it for ourselves. This Advent, perhaps even further than just this Advent, as we really think about reclaiming Jesus and and being serious about reclaiming Jesus, I hope that we recognize that this message isn't ours. We don't own it. But we are called to give it away. We're called to share it. We're called to invite others to the table. Not even our table, but we've been blessed with an opportunity to sit there. And it's our duty, it's our responsibility to fill that table up with everyone. Whether they look like us, think like us, believe like us, sound like us, act like us or not. They're invited to the table. So friends, today I call you to dare to hope. I call you to be honest about your fatigue. (laughs) I know I'm not alone. But to not let that stop you. To not let the fatigue keep you from being agents of hope. Remember this Advent season. What you've been called to do and who it is that has called you. Thank you again for listening to the rest of the sermon. Dare to hope. As always, if you have any feedback or questions, you can send those to me at the rest of the sermon at gmail.com. Again, that's the rest of the sermon at gmail.com. If you'd like to, to listen to or watch the sermon that precedes this episode to hear more about what Jesus has to say about the question of Caesar, Uh, A link will be provided in the show notes. Thank you for joining me. As always, uh, keep fighting the good fight. Let God be God. You be love and dare to hope. Till next time, God bless.